Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to the NBA Big Board Podcast, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow, with my co-host, Leaf Tulin, a.k.a. The Grinder. And in this episode, we're going to discuss which teams are most likely to make a trade on draft night. I'm a Blazers fan. There are plenty of rumors that my Blazers will be looking to move the number seven pick. Stay tuned. Shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I know I really, really appreciate it, especially at this time of year. This is what I would call go time, go season. This is the time that everybody is really paying attention to the draft. So thank you for each and every person that has chosen the NBA Big Board podcast as your source for all draft news. All right, Leaf, how's it going, man? How, how's everything? Are you... Are you exhausted? I know you are the new play-by-play voice for a minor league baseball team. Is that correct? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm happy to still have my voice, and, and it was fun. And I'm the play-by-play voice for the Ogden Raptors. Got, got the hat right here. Um, it, it, was, it was a blast. That's what I want to do down the road, but uh, I'm excited to talk some draft as well. And uh, the Ogden Raptors, are they single-A, double-A? Which, which, uh, which level are they? They were single-A. Um, they're now in the Pioneer League, which is like an MLB affiliate. Okay. So, yeah, when I was younger, I was a huge baseball fan. And I'm actually at home at my parents' house in Omaha, Nebraska. So I was a Omaha Royals fan. I don't even think they're the Omaha Royals anymore. I think they're like the Golden Spikes. And they were Triple A, but I I haven't paid attention to baseball in so long, so I don't even keep up with it. But let's get to what we're talking about in this episode. There are rumblings and i'm a blazers fan right so there are rumblings that the portland trail blazers are possibly looking to trade their number seven pick for a veteran i know the pistons are the team that i keep hearing the most now do you think and this is just based off of your opinion do you feel like the number seven pick for in a package for jeremy grant do you think that is too much for portland to give up Oh, I'd do it. If, you, if you're trying to win and you're trying to win with your superstar player and Damian Lillard, I think you try to package a seven pick who may pan out to be really good, but you don't know. And, and the, the time frame is more sensitive with a, and Dame's not old, but he's older. And so I'd take the established player in Jeremy Grant, because how often does the seventh pick become better than what Jeremy Grant is? And, and I think AJ Griffin is a really good seventh pick for, for Portland. That's who I've mocked to Portland, but I would take Jeremy Grant over AJ Griffin in a three-year time span, which is when the Blazers are most likely to compete. Yeah, Dame will be 32 at the start of the season. So, I mean, the time is now. But on one hand, and, and I know it's a new front office. I know it's not the same guys that were there a couple of years ago, but I'm still mad about the Norm Powell for Gary Trent deal that turned into, you know, went from Gary Trent to Norm Powell to like Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, and Keon Johnson. And I mean, I just think we should have kept Gary Trent. I mean, he signed for like $40 million less than, than what Powell was resigned for. And, and I don't even think they had Powell for a full year after they made the trade. So um, hopefully they'll get dominated or taken advantage of in, in another trade. Now, as far as like, let's say Blazers for or the number seven pick for Jeremy Grant, what other pieces do you think would be in that package? 
That's an interesting one because it depends how the Pistons want to build. Obviously, Cade Cunningham is the, the face of that franchise, and, and it's it's what they're asking for. I think you you've got to because they're giving up the best player in the uh, in the in the trade. You got to kind of adhere to what the Pistons would like. Uh, I could see one of those youthful pieces that the Blazers have have developed a little bit in the in the tanking season and in acquired in that trade. Maybe they'd be interested in Keon Johnson, who's got a lot of potential. Um, maybe they want Nasir Little. Uh, I'm not sure what the Pistons would want, but I don't think just the seventh pick and and maybe some some throw-ins are going to do it. I think they need to give up a an established player because Jeremy Grant's a, a very high-performing player. Yeah, so based off of my mock, my mock draft, that would give the Pistons Shaden Sharp and A.J. Griffin. Do you think a... A core of Cade Cunningham, Shaden Sharp, AJ Griffin, and um, I guess Sadiq Bay. Or, or do you think like if they end up with like the seventh pick, they would go for somebody like Jalen Duran or maybe even like a Mark Williams? I like the idea of taking the wings. Um, I do think they'd be really intrigued by the prospects of Jalen Duran because he's a far better rim protector than Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart's kind of a a throwback skilled big on the interior, but he's not as good a defender. And I think Jalen Duran offers a huge upside there, but I think between Matherin, AJ Griffin, and a few other guys, um, Duran would have to really wow them in some workouts to pass up those two guards who could help immediately with the playmaking ability of Cade Cunningham. Now, do you think that there are any other teams that Portland would be interested in, in making a trade for? I mean, Grant is the name that keeps coming up. I think that's the that's the main name because the Pistons are aren't there to compete yet, and so I think when there's a good player with that that can command that type of respect, I think that's a good team to trade with. Uh, there's a few other there's there's an archetype of player they need. They need a three and D player, and Jeremy Grant's about the the best of that uh, that is available. My mind went to like Robert Covington again, um, but they've already had him, and and I don't think the Clippers are going to give him up. And considering they just made that trade. Um, there's, there's some players that, that I think are less easily traded for that aren't even as good as Jeremy Grant, but Jeremy Grant's situation makes him more available. And do you know, do you have like this, the players that you mentioned that probably aren't as good that that could be available? Not off the top of my head. I'd have to, I'd have to think a little bit uh, further. See, for me as a Blazers fan, I know, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, a urgency to, to win now, but it, it's such a risk. I mean, I know everything Dame is saying is that he wants to be there. And I actually believe him. I actually believe him when he says he wants to be in the Pacific Northwest. But all right, let's say, you know, you make a trade for Grant. God forbid something happens. Grant is injured like he is last year. And Dame will be 33 the year after that. Is he going to want to continue to rebuild or is he going to say you know what i've had enough I'm, I'm ready to go now you've given up your seventh pick and you have grant and now i mean you're still in rebuild mode so there's a part of me that kind of wants to play it safe but as a small market team you have a superstar that wants to be there you kind of have to do what he wants but at the same time it's like I mean, it's it's still a risk, but if it doesn't work out now, you gave up what could end up being like a really uh, a, re a really good player. 
I mean, I could just think off the top of my head of some bad trades that were made. I mean, one of the most obvious ones as far as like trading a pick that stands out was the Clippers. Um, the the Baron Davis trade to Cleveland that in the pick ended up being Kyrie. And I think that was, I mean, that's just a move that that kind of comes to mind. Now, is there any other teams that you think will make a move on draft night? Talking about teams that are that are like at the top half of the of the NBA draft. Yeah, I've got a couple. I think one is in a very similar situation to the Blazers. They don't have a superstar in Damian Lillard, but I think they'll be disappointed in the way their draft went is the Indiana Pacers. I think mm. they really were hoping to get a franchise altering talent. And we've kind of decided that the top three, uh, top four are the, are the ones that have the potential to do so. Shaden Sharp becomes interesting because he's got such high talent, but like you've tweeted out, like you said, that he could burn you. He could burn you if he doesn't pan out. And they're at six, so they likely don't even get him. So I can see them trying to trade into the top four, um, and they have pieces to trade, such as Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. Um, what, what do you think of that? You know, I don't even know. I kind of am just curious to see what the Pacers' next move is. They do have two veterans, like you said, in Brogdon and Turner that would be valuable trade ships. But I don't know. Are they all in on rebuilding? Are they trying to make this a, a quick rebuild? I have no idea. But when we return, we'll kind of go in more in depth about the Pacers and talk a little bit about Shaden Sharp. But I want to talk to you about Rock Auto. Now, with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that your car needs. So it's kind of pointless for you to endure the intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And no need to wait for the person behind the counter to order parts on their computer when all you have to do is use your own phone or your, or your own computer. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. There's no need to spend 30, 50, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For example, the Honda Odyssey. I don't know why I'm talking about a Honda Odyssey, but the fuel pump on a Honda Odyssey is $353 from a chain store. But if you get it from Rock Auto, it is only $216. And Rock Auto is a family business that is serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all their parts available for your car or truck. If you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear Us box, they'll know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, once again, I am Rafael Barlow. This is Leaf Chulene, and we're just kind of shooting the breeze here, discussing some teams that could potentially make some trades on draft night. And before we left off, we talked about the Indiana Pacers. Now, I've seen that the Pacers could be arranged to select Shaden Sharp, and um, I wanted to talk about Shaden Sharp. So I tweeted a few days ago, and it kind of went viral, kind of made me famous in Kentucky. <laughs> and um, and I spoke to multiple scouts about Shaden Sharp. And one scout had mentioned that he doesn't really like going to pro days, but you have to go. And in the case of Shaden Sharp, it was an opportunity to see him live. And basically his athleticism, 
size, strength, it, it all stood out to him. But there were a couple of other scouts that while nobody's denying the, the talent, they were a little skeptical because he has a very small sample size. They were saying that he didn't practice that much at Kentucky. They're wondering why he didn't play at Kentucky. And it just felt like he's getting some, some bad advice. But none of this is really like, I mean, nobody's kind of saying it's a poor reflection of Sharp. It's just more so questions about who's advising him. Are they trying to hide something? And it's putting teams in this really crazy predicament in a sense is that they're going to have to draft a guy with a very, very small sample size. So with all that being said, the Pacers are one of the teams that could potentially be in range. Now, if you were in charge of the Pacers, do you gamble on Shaden Sharp or do you and go all in on a rebuild or do you try to get someone like, let's say, Keegan Murray, who is more likely to help you win now? I think I'd gamble on Shaden Sharp. I'm, I don't know if that's what they'd do, but what I would do is gamble on Shaden Sharp because he's got the potential to make your team viable for years and years if he hits his ceiling. We talked about how many players hit superstardom. And we, I think our immediate reaction after the lottery were, oh, two or three. Well, uh, I think he could be one of those two or three if, if he hits. Obviously, there's a risk associated. But if you take a Keegan Murray, I think you're stuck in purgatory if you're the Pacers because you still have to likely move one of Brogdon or Turner. And now you take a forward that's 22. And I, I'm, I don't have anything against age, but you just have a, a harder time reaching your ceiling taking a guy like Murray and trading one of Brogdon or Turner. And so now your, your roster still isn't as good as it was because it, uh, um, at least this year, because Murray's unlikely to be better than Turner or Brogdon immediately or in the next few years, because Brogdon wasn't basically an all-star a few years ago before he got hurt and miles Turner really improved. Uh, so I would take the swing. I'm not sure that's what Rick Carlisle type teams will do. They like older prospects. They like safety. Um, I love Keegan Murray, but I think you you have to try and swing for the fences unless there's something that they saw specifically in pro days that I was unable to see that really deterred them from taking Shaden Sharp. Yeah, I was at his pro day. It was it was okay. I mean, you, you saw, like I said, the size, the athleticism. I mean, but you're not going to see a pro day where um, the agency, and in his case, he didn't even have an agent running it, but you're not going to see a pro day that really – challenges a player it's just going to highlight their strengths maybe every once in a while you see a guy like for example Dyson Daniels one of the concerns about him was a shooting and he shot very well but for the most part they're going to keep it simple and keep it controlled now here's my my beef or issue with the whole draft process right and so you got Keegan Murray who's one of the best players in college basketball this season I think it was like 22 points maybe like eight rebounds average a block a steal shot nearly 40% from three. And even though he's not considered like this great athlete, the majority of his points and possessions this year came in transition, right? But for whatever reasons, because we like the unknown, Shaden Sharp is considered to have higher upside. He's considered to be the better prospect. He may even get drafted ahead of him despite doing absolutely nothing. Now, what top five high school recruit doesn't look exceptional playing against their peers. And I'm skeptical because he didn't practice. He didn't play. And it's almost like 
Right. And, and I get it. You want to protect, protect his draft stock. If he is projected to be a top five pick or whatever, and if you're his agency or who's ever represented him, you want to put all the pressure on the teams except him. But I just think it's weird that, and I mean, this is not like I'm disagreeing with what you're saying, but, and, and I think it's pretty common. I just think it's weird that a team will take sharp over a Keegan Murray or a Johnny Davis, or maybe even there's a possibility he could go ahead of Jaden Ivey with very little sample size. And I don't know, that just kind of baffles me. And that's why I would like the Pacers to trade their pick. Um, and then when we talked about the biggest losers of the draft, that was the first team that came to my mind. Over Detroit? Because, I mean, Detroit had the third worst record, and they end up falling to five. So I think, I mean, they but, both but they, lost. But they have their, they have their guy. And that, that's, to me, the thing is, is if you're trying to get out of the lottery and do so, whether quickly or in the long term, you need to have your, your franchise piece. And they were the number one pick last year. So I know you can't really be like, oh, well, this draft, um, like record-wise, they were, they were more screwed, for lack of a better term, than the, uh, than the Pacers. But the Pacers needed their guy more than the Pistons did. So I felt, I felt like they were more unfortunate in the way that the, the ping-pong bells fell. Well, according to draft Twitter... The Pacers have their guy in Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is, I think he's good, but I'm almost at the point where I feel like people are overrating him. I'm and with you. I, I love Halliburton. I had him number six on my board in his draft class, and he's only gotten better, but uh, but that's uh that's a stretch in my opinion. So you're saying if you're the Pacers, you trade the pick. Now, do you have any trades in mind? think something you try to do something similar to what the blazers do but you can't get a jeremy grant you try to get a, a, a wing defender or you try to move up in the trade and you say maybe the kings you can get uh, four from six and give them uh brogdon or turner and and you you can you try to get a, a full so, rebuild so you reuniting turner and sabonis again in sacramento <laughs> maybe it's brogdon then i i then i you got another the, guard so it's like It'll be very, very weird. Um, yeah, I don't know a, a trade for Indiana that just comes to mind that makes the most sense, but I think it's simply because we don't know the direction. You know, you look at Rick Carlisle and you say, all right, I know he did not sign up for a full rebuild. And then you look and say, okay, well, I could see them looking to maybe add a, a veteran piece around what they already have. So it's, it's, it's kind of tough. Right, what about the Houston Rockets? Now, I don't know how true it is. I did see a rumor. Of course, it's on Twitter. So, you know, it, it could just be anybody talking that they may be even interested in moving the third pick. What do you think about that? I'd be pretty flabbergasted if that were to happen. I, I think that they have a very, very good chance to get Paolo Bancaro, who I think very easily could have the highest ceiling of anyone in this draft. Yes, sir. And I agree. I don't. I don't think that they're not the winners of the draft. I wouldn't say like, oh, they won the draft because I think that was Orlando. They they get they choose their own destiny. But likely the way the draft falls, Orlando takes either Jabari or Chet, the other one goes two, and Houston still gets the guy that makes the most sense for their roster. And so I'd be pretty stunned if they were to trade the third pick where they can get the the guy with probably the most potential in the draft and get the guy that I think makes the most sense for their roster. That rarely happens when you lose out on the lottery, on the lottery but I think they won. And so I, I'd be pretty stunned if that were to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, I, I 
believe that Ben Carroll is going to end up in Houston, which I would have taken him number one if if the Rockets had the number one pick. So I think they're in a good situation. I can't see them really making a move. They also have the luxury of not being pressured to try to win now. I think their GM, Rafael, even though his name is spelled similar to mine, but he's pronounced Rafael. His parents left out a vowel or, or a syllable. Um, he, he made the comment, like, you can't judge the James Harden trade. I think I don't know if it was until, like, 2026 or 2028, maybe even 2030. So they have the luxury of, of, of being patient and not having to wait. So I can't see them making a trade at all, even though I did hear someone tell me that there's a chance they may look at uh, Jaden Ivey at, at number three, which if they look at Ivey at number three, that means Kevin Porter Jr. is out, <laughs> which – which, I mean, it's probably not a better bang for your buck than him because they're paying him a little bit of nothing, and they gave up a little bit of nothing to actually get him, but there's some other concerns there. All right, when we return, I'll ask Leaf about some other teams that he believes will make some trades on draft day or even before the draft. But next, I want to talk to you about Truebill. And did you know why free trials renew without your consent? That's because it is a business scam to get you I know I've been got before with these scams. So don't let the greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on the average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. And that's just because these companies make these subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. There's a guy named Matthew, Matthew B, who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill. He saved $120 a year on his Sirius XM bill and $840 on car insurance. So Truebill is out here to help you save money. So don't fall over. Don't fall for the subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA, which will save you money, especially if your ex is still using your Netflix account, which is what one woman found out. All right. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, Leaf Tuling. Now, I'm, I'm giving Leaf the floor. You are the general manager of whatever team you choose to be. What are some draft day trades that you would like to see happen? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. I, uh, I think the Knicks are another team that come to my mind. And maybe that's just because draft Twitter has got a lot of uh, Nick fanatics on there. Oh my gosh. They are, they're crazy. <laughs> they've, they've got, they've got the all 11th. over the world too. You know? Yeah. They, they, they got the Mecca of basketball working for them. Um, they got the 11th pick. I really like the pick that I have for them, Blake Wesley. Who knows if that actually ends up being becoming the pick, but I would consider moving up and you don't even need to get into the top four. Um, the Knicks have some players. I would be curious to see if the Knicks can try to get Jalen Duran. I think they've, they've, they've not been too subtle about interest in Jalen Duran. And even if they get up to seven, let's say if they were to trade with your blazers, I, I don't know exactly what they would do, but if they can get up to that, they're about seven, eight. There's, there's a four or five players that I think could really help the Knicks franchise. And, and I think moving from 11 to eight is a subtle move that may, may really help them out. And 
I, I would I would look at Duran first for the Knicks. But if you could get a Matherin, a Keegan Murray, a, a AJ Griffin in that range, I think that the Knicks are really winning the draft. That's kind of like a perfect segue because I do think if the Blazers can't get Jeremy Grant, I think Julius Randle could be an option. And I remember just two years ago, two years ago, I was on Knicks Fan TV. Shout out to CP at Knicks Fans TV. And I had mentioned that I wouldn't mind the Blazers having Julius Randle. And so it, it was funny because that was during the COVID summer and Knicks fans absolutely hated Julius Randle. Couldn't stand him. And I remember making the comment on the show and because uh, this show is a live show and Knicks fans were like, they will come help him pack his bags to go to Portland. Then 2021 happens. Julius Randle's an all-star. He has his great year. Knicks fans love him. They forgot about everything they said. And then this past season, it's kind of back to where it was at, at 2020. So I could see Randall being moved. I mean, I guess there were some comments that his wife made on social media that about the Knicks fans in a sense, about how critical they were. Knicks fans just seem to be off Randall. And I don't know how you can bring him back in, in that hostile environment because they want Obi. They want to see Obi top and get his minutes. So um, there is a chance that, that, you know, it could be Julius Randle for number seven. But when you said about Julian, uh, I'm sorry, Jalen Duran, and here's a quote that I, I heard from a, a scout on the NBA team. He said that if, and he believes that if Mark Williams agency can get him in a workout with Jalen Duran, Mark Williams would outplay Duran and he could possibly pass him up. So I said that to say this is that on my latest mock, I think the Knicks who are probably in, in need of defense and probably don't want to pay Mitchell Robinson. I think the Knicks could actually take Mark Williams at number 11. And if you trade Mark, take Mark Williams at number 11 and you move Randall for the seventh pick, then you could end up with, you know, let's say, a Mark Williams, wait, I mean, and reuniting Mark Williams and AJ Griffin. And if I'm not mistaken, and I think I'm right, AJ Griffin is a CAA guy. And you know that whole tie, CAA, uh, Kentucky slash Knicks. There's like a, a circle there, even though, I mean, I know that AJ Griffin went to Duke. What are your thoughts on that happening? I think AJ's from New York as well. So that yep. one, that one fits well. Um, I, I think that the the gap between Mark Williams and Jalen Duran is ever so slight. I think the potential is what you bank on for Duran. And so that's why I have him slightly higher on my board, but I have Duran at nine Williams at 12. So it, it's very slight for me as well. Um, I think that the difference between the third best center and Mark Williams, if he's number two, or sorry, excluding Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren is in a, in a different tier, but it, it is so much further apart between whoever you think is the third best center, Christian Coloco, Ismail, Kamagate, even Jalen Williams. I love Jalen Williams. Um, they're, far, they're far behind. But uh, I do like that pick. I think that the Knicks would be very fortunate to make that pick, and I think that would help their rebuild because I think they're stuck in purgatory as well. Uh, Julius Randles can be an all-star, but he's not an all-NBA guy, and he can't lead you to the promised land, I don't think, of where Knicks fans want to go. They don't want to be in the playoffs. They want to win. And I think you want to 
develop their talent. And, and I think this is the best way for them to uh, address those needs, especially without paying Mitchell Robinson an exorbitant amount of money that I don't think that Knicks fans would like to do. And I don't think the Knicks general managers would do that. AJ Griffin and Mark Williams would be quite a haul for the Knicks, especially if they're going to begin the rebuild um, and trade Julius Randle. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a strong possibility and uh, I'm definitely going to tweet it out and I'm sure if I tag you, um, be, pre- be prepared to turn your at mentions off because Knicks fans either way are going to be either all on the trade or they're going to absolutely hate it. But I mean, I think it's a, a real possibility because again, I, for some reason, I just don't see Julius Randle starting the season in New York. I think the fans are ready for Obi Toppin. And if they can get, like you said, AJ Griffin and Mark Williams, I think that will add a little bit of buzz and excitement, even though like the Knicks could have me, you, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and David Locke as their starting five. And I think they'll still sell out the garden. So uh, that just shows how passionate that fan base is. All right. Was there any other trades that, that you thought would, would make sense? That team could shoot the basketball. I just want to let you know that. Um, <laughs> not me. <laughs> not, not me. I, I'm the distributor there. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll be the two guard. Um, we, we got, I, I would, I would say the Spurs, I think they lack a clear identity of what they're going to do. And they're kind of in a pick where the nine pick is a good pick, but, but you don't know how the lottery is going to fall. Who's going to be there. That's a team that I think would love to move into the top four. I don't know what assets they'd trade to get there. They're their only player that I feel like is untouchable and truly untouchable is DeJounte Murray. And I think you want to build around what his strengths are and you could go get yourself a shooter. And so I have Benedict Matherin and falling to the, the Spurs in a mock. Uh, and, and if that were to happen, then then great. Um, if Jakob Pertle is going to be traded, then Jalen Duren, some of you want at nine, but you, don't, you just don't know who's going to fall. So I think if the Spurs were to move up two or three picks um, and maybe they could be another potential trade uh, trade destination with the Blazers, they could maybe Keldon Johnson, um, someone, someone like that. Um, I don't, I don't know if they would do that necessarily for two picks up, but, but I think they're a team that I would like to move up um, and try to find a defined talent to play alongside of DeJounte Murray, who's the the core of their franchise moving forward. Yeah, it makes sense. I spoke to a, a scout. I feel like I've just been speaking to scouts, NBA personnel so much over the last week. And one of his comments was he has no idea what direction the Spurs are going in. I feel like they have a lot of different wings, a lot of redundancy, and then you're adding on three first round picks. It's it, it's very confusing and interesting to see what what the moves are for San Antonio. I can't think of a really good trade to where they're going to get a lot of value because it seems like everyone on their team outside of Murray is and maybe Primo. I mean, I, I think Primo could be untouchable just because of his upside. But it just seems That's like a good point. I mean, they're not Orlando level when it comes to redundancy, but they're, they just have a lot of, I mean, too many wings. And I mean, their roster is just totally not balanced. I mean, Doug McDermott was playing a lot of minutes at the, at the four this year for them. So I think they're going to address front court needs with, with at least two of their first three picks if they keep them. Well, all right, man. Thanks a lot for, for coming on. I, I really enjoyed talking about hypothetical trades here. So thank you, the listeners, for making the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. 
From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, the Locked On Experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Once again, I am Rafael Barlow. He is Leaf Tulin, a.k.a. The Grinder, a.k.a. The Voice of the Ogden Raptors. Get that correct? He sure did. And uh, I think he's going to be the voice of an NBA team in the very near future. So remember where you first heard him at, right here on the NBA Big Board Podcast. And we are out.